Welcome to The Messy Studio with Rebecca Kroll, the podcast at the intersection of art, travel, entrepreneurship, philosophy, and life in general. I am Ross Tickner, Rebecca's producer, podcast guru, and her son. On today's episode, we are talking about pacing yourself. Um, and uh, really, in the big picture, uh, managing your art life uh, can be overwhelming. Um, how do you avoid burnout? With me, as always, is Rebecca Kroll. Hello, everyone. And this this was a listener question asking that we cover this topic. And it's, it's a big one. It's an important one because burnout, what, what I'm going to call burnout, which is really that sense that you're you're losing your motivation you know you feel discouraged or you feel very tired sometimes you feel kind of trapped by everything you've gotten yourself into uh, demands from other people and it leads to this kind of negative outlook and it's it's tough and i i think it's an interesting question because usually we have created this situation ourselves, right? Like <laughs> by our own ambition or whatever, we we have opened up opportunities for ourselves, which are great. But and, and so in, in in a sense, this is really great. We have this abundance of opportunity. We have all this stuff going on, and on the one hand, we can definitely feel grateful for for these times when there's a lot happening, and. And know that it's it's a good thing, but it can also affect us because we can only do so much and we can become, like I said, burned out, discouraged, and and all those great things that are happening can start to seem like burdens instead of great things. So I, th- I appreciate the question. I think it's something that... It doesn't affect everyone all the time. I think every artist goes through times when there just isn't very much happening and you wish it were more <laughs> overwhelming than it is. Uh, and so it sort of, it sort of seems like, you know, complaining about a good situation. I guess that's what I'm trying to say, but it can have real effects on you. And so I think today we're just going to talk a little bit about how to cope with that. And when it, when it does happen and, and when it does happen, realize it is a sign of achievement and success, but be aware that it can also be damaging. And so, um, there's kind of the big picture and there's the smaller picture where you're maybe dealing with a specific project. So maybe starting with, with a bigger picture, you know, what do you need to do to, to, to maintain your, creative self and maintain your energy and your optimism. It's going to be different for everyone. Um, and people work in different kinds of cycles with all this stuff. And, and just before the podcast, you and I were talking about your own situation where you've been pushing very hard for something and working very, very hard. And then you got sick. <laughs> so it's kind of the cycle, right? Yeah, where I'm, I'm kind of alternating between working, you know, 80 hours a week and being just like unable to get out of bed, you know, and, uh, um, you know, a part, part of it is just that it's like, it's winter, you know, it's flu season. Um, and, uh, when also when it gets this cold, it's just, it's hard to move. Um, (laughs) it is. Yeah. As we speak right now there, I'm in New Mexico, but they're in Wisconsin. It is definitely below zero, right? 
Right. Well, and it's also, um, there's just a lot of demands of winter. Um, you know, we just had half a foot of snow Ugh. dump on us here. And so I had to get out and I had to clear the driveway, um, you know, and then I had to cut and haul firewood and, um, mm-hmm. you know, so it's, it's just, there's a lot of other, there's a lot of work that goes into surviving winter in Wisconsin, um, you know, and on top of all the other work I'm doing. Right. And, and I think um, that's, I mean, whether it's winter or whether it's something else, life goes on. All all the things that you have to do to maintain your ordinary life go on, no matter what other things are being piled on top of you. And it just, it can become a, so much. And all the things that you you just normally do, you know, <laughs> you have to maintain yourself and your the place where you live and stuff. Um, and I think... The, the pitfall of self-employment, which is what most artists are doing to some extent. You may have another job, which is another whole thing that you're dealing with. But the pitfall of self-employment, as you know, Ross, is you work constantly. There, You can work constantly. You can work from the time you get up in the morning until the time you go to bed at night at something. And because it's always there. And it's always more than you really feel like you have time to accomplish and I think it it does it does lead to burnout, and and a lot of it is something we love. I mean, for artists making their work, they love, we love, and a lot of the business stuff can be fairly interesting, and and yet there's also a lot of tedious stuff. So anything that's kind of creative and interesting, usually you don't mind doing it at all. But in order to keep the business part of it going. Uh, there's some stuff that isn't that fun. And even in the more creative stuff, there's jobs that have to be done that aren't that fun. And when you start to feel burned out, all those things that are less than fun <laughs> can loom pretty large. Um, right. And this time of year, a big one is like taxes. Oh, yeah. Know? Yeah. That's really no fun. <laughs> In fact, I'm not even thinking about it yet. Thanks a lot, Ross. <laughs> anyway, and I think the other thing about self-employment is there are so many things that you have to be kind of good at, you know, and you have to learn them either because their need arises to learn something or just part of the job. And so you... You have to be, you're not just doing the thing that you're, like if you're a painter, you're not just painting. You're also keeping your records and you're learning how to package and ship and you're dealing with galleries and you're doing so many things. You're photographing your work probably. So many things that take some skill and take some understanding and knowledge and you just have to figure it all out. Well, and the problem is when you start trying to outsource those things to other people, you you find out very quickly that you're paying a lot for somebody who doesn't really care about your work to produce something that is probably not as good as what you could do. And when when you Um, find somebody who does do a good job, and you know, like a lot of artists know somebody who makes panels, for example, for them and does a really good job. When you find those gems of people... There, that's great, and I think I think anything that you can outsource that you feel good about is is a good idea. Delegating things or asking asking for help uh, from people that maybe they're your friends and they they're okay with 
helping you out with something, wrapping paintings or something, um, and you take them out to lunch or something. <laughs> it's like you can get people involved in your in your work. You don't want to exploit anyone or make them angry with you, but sometimes people are fine with hanging out and helping in some way. Um, and any, it's any, very difficult though to find those people, and it is. And I mean, at the end of the day, nobody cares about your work as much as you do. That's true, and it wouldn't be anything that would be too technical. But and and I'm probably just dreaming and imagining. Oh, I wish I had someone to help me do what I'm working on right now, which is like putting wires on the back of paintings. But <laughs> anyway, um, if you can outsource, involve other people. That's all good. A lot of us do hesitate to do it at all. We do feel like we should do everything ourselves. And it's a lot. Um, so, but, but there is, there's this thing that comes around to you, which is like, is it time to cut back on something? And when we talk about pacing in the big picture, if you look at your, your life overall and you say, most of the time I'm, I'm overwhelmed. Most of the time, I'm working really, really hard. Then, depending on your overall situation, is a time to cut back. And this is, this is a personal issue for me, uh, because I'm at an age where a lot of my friends are actually retiring and they had normal jobs. They're retiring. And I think, Oh, what's that like? You know, <laughs> I mean, uh, as an artist, I don't ever want to retire from painting, but the idea of having more leisure time is certainly interesting and appealing, and I see other people around me enjoying that. And so you, as you get older, and I know a lot of our listeners are basically in my demographic, things, you know, you start to be aware of, well, what is all this stress doing to you exactly? You know, <laughs> what is all this running so hard and pushing so hard doing to yourself? And so I am kind of at a time in my personal life when I'm, I'm really thinking about this, like, how do I do this? And I think, I think there are, there are good things about cutting back and there are difficulties with cutting back. And I, I, I think about these, I think, um, Definitely on the positive side, just easing off of stress. And um, I think there are possible health benefits for doing that. And I think it's also good for your work. I mean, for your, your artwork, for my artwork, to be able to focus and not feel so uh, spread out, you know, with different demands coming from different directions all the time. Um, so those are those are really good reasons. And then, but, but there are also kind of fears or concerns that I think anybody in this situation could have. Actually, it doesn't mean just for artists, but anybody who's thinking about retiring or pulling back, there's going to be some financial strain. You're going to lose some income, no matter what you're pulling back from, unless it's a totally voluntary thing. So planning for that, thinking about that, um, I think a lot of people fear just a loss of momentum. Like they're going to lose their energy. They're going to lose their, um, what, what makes life exciting, right? Like new projects, new ideas. It's, it's, it seems a little scary to retreat when you've been in the thick of things. I think artists often fear isolation from other artists. And I, I think this would also be true in other types of careers. 
you've been working with colleagues, you've been working with people who share your interests for years, usually some face-to-face time with them. To the extent that you pull back from that, are you going to lose that that joy of just interacting with other people? In my own life, pulling back from teaching means less interaction with other people in that sense. And I know I'll miss that, the just the the joy of working with people and seeing what happens is is very fulfilling. And so it is a hard thing to say, pull back from that. And I think a lot of people have this this work ethic. I I need to always be accomplishing. I need to always be doing something. <laughs> and I think it's what keeps a lot of people from retiring from their normal jobs and their regular jobs is just what will I do with myself? You know, <laughs> and I think artists, I think there's a ready answer for that. Oh, we'll just be in the studio more. But there's still, you look at all your accomplishments or things you've done and you say, if I don't keep working in those same ways, am I doing enough? And am I ready to say, I don't need to be doing those things. Um, and so it's, it's, it's a rather complicated and emotional topic, I think, for people, uh, no matter where you're at. And I mean, when you're much younger, you can absolutely still overload. I mean, what you're describing is, is overload. It's overwhelm. And I know that many people in, in your age group are really struggling at more than one thing to make ends meet. I mean, it's, it's the gone are the days of a nicely salaried job for a lot of people. So it's, it's trying to keep a lot of things going at once to, to make it happen. Right. Right. Yeah. You can't really just do one thing anymore. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, uh, you know, most of the people in my age group are, you know, they, they're working multiple jobs and, um, you know, a lot of us, it's not uncommon to be working 50, 60 hours a week, just at kind of regular paid work and then have, you know, something else on top of that that we're doing. So. Right. Yeah. So it, it's a struggle. So and I, I think about, I used to, when my mom was alive, you know, I'd talk to her about stuff or what I'm doing and she would look at me and she'd say, and it, it always sounded like a criticism. She'd say, you just do so much. You know, you just work so hard. And and I took it as a criticism. I always felt like, well, what else am I supposed to be doing? You know, it's, uh, it. I guess in her eyes, maybe she could, I mean, in retrospect, I think she could see that it was eventually going to become too much for me. It wasn't really when she said that, but it adds up over time, I guess. And, and I think... The other side of that is, but does what you do bring you enough satisfaction or is it necessary enough financially that you're going to keep doing it? And if you're going to keep doing it, I guess that gets kind of, um, into how, how, how do you, how do you, um, pace yourself or make all this stuff work? And, and believe me, I just want to say up front, I don't really have an answer. I've never felt very good at this. Um, I think it's very individualized. And I think it sometimes it just seems to be a period that you go through in your life. And you just, you realize you have maybe more stamina than 
than you might have imagined, and you keep going through it. And then hopefully at some point there's this plateau where you can rest and and say that part is done. But it's it's a struggle. I mean, there's nothing easy about it. Um, and- well, I think that parents always want a, a better life for their children, you know, and I know that your mother worked very hard, Yeah. Um, you know, at, at a time when uh, women were expected to just stay home, you know? Right. Um, and uh, both your parents worked very hard to, to try to make a better life for their children and, um, <laughs> you know, and, and to see them struggling like that can't be comfortable, you know? Wow. Um, and, and I'm sure that you're experiencing the same thing with the way that I'm working now. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's, 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 it's what level um, of, uh, of, what, what are you satisfied with in life? You know, yeah. and uh, for me, um, you know, I, I probably could get by at, you know, just working at, at the bar that I work at. And if I wanted to just have like kind of a simple apartment and a simple life, I'm sure that I could make enough to just afford that. But if I want more than that, then I have to do more. Mm-hmm. You know, I have to I have to push in order to move up the ladder. And I think I think you just hit on something that it's you know, when I said in the beginning we we're creating this overload for ourselves, but I think it's part of many personality types and especially more creative personality types. Well, what do we do in our work? We push, right? We explore, we experiment, we try new things. And it spills over into everything. And so I think it's kind of a core personality trait, really, to say, say we keep saying, yes, yes, I'll try that. Yes, I'll do that. Yes, let's take that well, it's on. It's also that, that entrepreneurial mm-hmm. personality type where, you know, at the end of the day, I'm never going to be satisfied working for somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I'm going to keep on trying to build my own businesses, my own other lines of income, you know, I'm never going to be happy just collecting a, a, a paycheck and collecting tips. You know, yeah. that's fine for now to bring some extra money in, but it's never going to be something that I'm satisfied with. Yeah. And that's, that's really, that's really the intersection where you as an entrepreneur and the whole artist conversation, they really come together there because it's that feeling of, of independence, of, um, you know, making your mark somehow that can come in business, but only when you work your way up to the top, really, I think. Uh, I mean, working for someone else. Um, and I think another another thing that is probably in common is that the need to connect with other people, You you need that as an entrepreneur. You need to make connections with people and communicate with people. And I think for artists, there's also that need. And, and it takes different forms. Some people teach or they mentor or they write stuff or they, uh, you know, they're looking for this connection with people. And that takes a lot of energy. <laughs> and dealing with sort of bringing people to understand who you are and what you do. And, and you have to do that if you're creating a product um, in an entrepreneurial sense or when you're creating art and trying to get people involved in it. And I think there's a, I think we strive for validation in some way that yes, 
what we're doing is important. Yes, other people are paying attention. And that that is uh puts pressure on ourselves to to achieve, to achieve that. So and there's there's all this kind of always people who have a little bit more success and a little bit more recognition. And I think it's smart not to pay too much attention to that, but you know the possibility is there for great achievement, whether it's in art or your own business or whatever it is, you know that potential is there. And so when you have this certain personality type, you keep striving and you keep pushing a little bit. And so, yes, we set ourselves up for these situations, and and yet it seems to be so part of our personality, a lot of people's personality. And I'm speaking in general. I know there are many artists out there also who who are pretty content to just do what they do, and they don't have that push to get it out there, to take the, take it up to the next level, whatever it is. And they're, they're probably more uh, – calm people you know they're probably less stressed out <laughs> and, and that can be a really good thing so i guess i guess i'm going to th- talk a little bit about how you might manage this overload situation and again i just want to say i'm talking about things that i don't necessarily do myself but what i think are good ideas <laughs> i do try to do these things but i I don't seem to be very good at it. So one of these is to set boundaries around your time. And this might be saying, I'm only going to work on my computer until noon or whatever time you set aside for this sort of business and sitting at the computer kind of thing that can take a lot of time and energy. And as well, setting aside time for things that you really want to do, like your studio time. Um, And, a goal that I would love to achieve but never have is to actually take a day off, <laughs> maybe every week, um, and and say, well, you know what? I don't work on Sunday or I don't work on Saturday, and and really honor that. I, like I said, I don't know if I could do it, but I like the idea. <laughs> um, and there's this artist, uh, author we've talked about a few times, uh, Julia Cameron, and she's the one that wrote, she advises doing the morning pages, writing. She also, her other big piece of advice is that you, as an artist, you, you give yourself an artist date. And she says once a week, um, an artist date is something that you do for yourself by yourself that just seems like fun or seems like it might nurture yourself in some way or bring some new ideas and it might be, um, going to actually an art event or a museum or something, that's one way, but it could also be going to an art supply store or um, just uh, going somewhere and picking up rocks or whatever, you know, <laughs> something that you feel, you know, it just seems like fun and, and just to get yourself away. Um, exercise, I do try to do this. I mean, this is one I, I do try to follow every day, something, a walk, um, or or something more, but just getting moving, and especially outside in nature, for me anyway, is important. If you're a city person, I suppose getting out there and, and seeing what's happening out on the street is also important. I mean, just something where you're feel, you feel energized by it. Um, and I think another thing that is 
a really good thing, which can be hard, is to recognize when you're feeling burned out because it manifests in different ways, right? You can not even know that you're feeling that way, but you feel crabby or you feel tired or you feel a little bit sick and or you just feel down. And and that's the feeling you're aware of. And sometimes when you trace it back, or some somebody will point out the absolutely obvious to you, which is, wow, you've really been working hard. No wonder you feel that way. <laughs> but at least for myself, I don't always recognize that because it's such a habit to always be working, right? So, you know, what's different? But maybe it's a little extra going on. Um, and, and part of that, too, is recognizing when you're being too perfectionistic because people may ask you to do things or you've got your own thing going and perfectionism can be good, um, produces great results, but it can also create a lot of stress for yourself. So asking yourself, is this really necessary? Do I really have to do all these things that this other person is asking for? Or are they being a little unreasonable in asking for this stuff? Um and one of, one of the last things that I, – I don't know where I came across this online somewhere. Some guru of you know self-actualization or something put out the idea that instead of saying, I have to do something, you substitute with, I get to do something. So now I'm thinking about taxes. I, ha- I get to do my taxes. I get to do my taxes. And the reason <laughs> I get to do my taxes is, well, that one's a hard one. Okay, I get <laughs> I, I have to spend hours and hours preparing my panels for an exhibit an exhibit. I don't like doing this. Wait a minute. I get to do this because I'm having an exhibit. I mean, it does cast a little bit different light on things. <laughs> so I've actually been using that one and I kind of like that. Um and the other thing that I am trying to work on very hard is putting things on the calendar because my tendency when I look at a calendar and I'm trying to fit something in, I say, oh, look, here's a little here's a little empty space. Yeah, I can put that thing in there. And not realizing what the, what the real reality of that is. <laughs> when you actually come to that point in time on the calendar and you say, oh, I just got done with this or that two days ago and now I have to do this other thing. And not building in that time to kind of recoup, you know. It looks fine when you put it down. But I I have really been trying to remember that it takes longer than a day to bounce back from some things. <laughs> um, so, and, and I think when, when you get down to specific projects and you're pacing for a specific project, we, the last podcast we did was about getting ready for an exhibit. And it kind of talked about what you do ahead of time, what you do as it's closer to the time. And I think anything you can do with lists and putting things on your calendar and getting information that you need ahead of time so things don't just um, ambush you, that's all good. That's all part of preparing for any anything that's coming up that has the potential to overwhelm you. And I think looking at where you're at day by day and saying, you know, I really got a lot done today. So I think I could afford to take the evening off or I could afford to take the afternoon off and just go do something fun. Kind of keeping tabs on your your progress on things and and doing some doing things for yourself that you like is, is super important. Um 
And of course, you know, there's lots of common advice about prioritizing things, breaking things down into steps. That's all good. Getting help when you need it. Um, and, and to only ask for extra time if you do need it. But then if you do, sometimes whatever you're working towards can be a little more flexible than you think. You know, sometimes you have set a deadline, but it doesn't have to be the deadline. And so being okay with saying, I actually need some more, some more time. Um, and I think, I think my last piece of advice, and this is something that has really helped me when I feel overwhelmed, is that I look at my own history. I look at all the stuff I've done and I say, has there ever been a time when I just didn't come through? When I just didn't get everything done? No, I always do it. <laughs> and I think realizing that gave me confidence because a lot of the stress or anxiety comes from a bit of fear that you're not actually going to pull this off, right? Um, if you have a personal history of being able to pull things off, I think that can give you confidence. And, and also to realize that, um, it doesn't kill you to go through times when you're working very hard. You do have that stamina. And to balance it out with times when you aren't working as hard is absolutely ideal. But not to be afraid of saying, you know what, the next week or so, I'm just going to really have to push it. And then being willing to do that. So it, it <laughs> there are no answers, easy answers to any of this stuff. Um, and I, I don't have any great wisdom other than what I've just taken a stab at. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's a, it's a big topic. It's an important one and everybody's going to be different. We often yeah, say I that. I think that the reality is that neither one of us is very good at this. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thank you for that listener request, but we don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We have no. Well, do you have any, do you have any final thoughts to wrap up this episode? <laughs> I, I think that was it. We don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that about wraps up this episode of the messy studio. You can find The Messy Studio on Facebook, as well as public profiles for both Rebecca Kroll and myself, Ross Tickner. Please make sure to check out squeegeepress.com, as well as www.rebeccacroll.com, and sign up for the email list to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. Please subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, or Stitcher, and leave us a rating and a review. Remember to share the show with friends and family and anyone who you think will enjoy it. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week with more art and entertainment. In the meantime, embrace your creative space, messy or otherwise. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>